good day and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks very much for joining us. Congress is working on yet another round of COVID relief funding. On Monday, the Senate Republicans introduced the HEALS Act, which includes another round of $1,200 direct payments for Americans, more money for the Paycheck Protection Program, liability protections for businesses, funding for schools, testing, and vaccines. It also includes $200 a week in enhanced unemployment benefits, which would replace the current $600 per week that people have been getting since the pandemic started. An opening bid from Republicans that has been met with real consternation from Democrats and others who say it's absurd to be cutting help for unemployed workers in the middle of the pandemic. We're going to talk all hour about what that slashing of unemployment benefits would mean, especially here in Michigan. And to kick things off, I'd like to welcome someone who is seeing this conversation from the inside in Washington, D.C. Congresswoman Haley Stevens is a Democrat who represents Michigan's 11th district. Congresswoman, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thank you so much for having me. Good morning, Stephen. So let's start with your reaction to what the GOP is doing with this opening offer on this round of COVID relief. What do you think about $200 for uh, unemployment benefits instead of 600 Well, it's so important to recall recent history and how we got the original package uh, that we had in CARES, that we've continued with the HEROES Act. It's been more than two months since the House of Representatives even passed the HEROES Act uh, that would have provided much-needed relief to our communities, uh, hardworking Americans, our schools, and critical stakeholders all over this country, and particularly here in Michigan. I recall talking to the governor about that package and from her vantage what that meant for our state's budget and for the critical needs of Michiganders that she hears from every single day. And I'll tell you, we, uh, with the HEALS Act, need to come to bipartisan consensus. We know that. Uh, We're still in a moment of extreme need to get things done for people, not leave them hanging in a balance. But uh, we also see that certain things that the American people asked for that we voted through in the House were, were left out of that package. And I want to see us stop the the bipartisan, uh, or the, excuse me, the partisan, rather, the partisan bickering and, and, and reach a real consensus here. And that's what we're hanging in the balance waiting for. It's still challenging times. There's social distancing. You can say, hey, where's the room? I'm, I want to get in the room to make sure the ideas are cooking out. And there's really no room because people aren't aren't able to coalesce in large groups still. Mm. So I, I wonder if you can talk about the gap between what Democrats want on the Hill and what Republicans want. One of the problems or one of the challenges, I guess, that I see is that the parties are taking this whole pandemic and all of its implications in really different ways. Republicans are still really focused on getting people back to work, getting businesses restarted. Democrats are more focused on some of the health issues here and the help for poorer people. What's the opportunity, though, to to actually bridge that gap? I mean, do you really believe that it's possible 
to have a conversation with Republican legislators at this point about the importance of the $600 for people who receive unemployment uh, when their focus really seems to be on, on other things. So believe it or not, that original uh, supplemental uh, for the unemployment, and we know our country's unemployment systems are riddled with problems. It's different no matter what state you live in. We in Michigan lived through uh, cyber attacks and uh, laundering attempts that caused major disruptions into our unemployment system, although the individuals leading our Labor and Economic Opportunity Department have done a remarkable job making sure that the, the new uh, and implemented changes to unemployment, that's for gig workers, sole proprietors, uh, I- I- individuals who uh, oftentimes run their own business are now able to be qualified for unemployment. But that original $600 came from the, the, the original deal-making that got done in the CARES Act, which spoke to it's too complex to try and reach everyone uh, a, 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 in, in a nuanced way. And we're seeing engineers lose their job uh, to uh, food service workers, to retail workers. Manufacturers are getting furloughed. We know some people are coming back. Our educators are, are looking at this as well. And that $600 has really kept a lot of families afloat, particularly when you're not getting the tips that you're used to getting or, or other resources. At the same token, you do hear from people saying, hey, there's, there's some inequities here. And we've got to look at this really carefully and recognize that this was seen not too long ago as the right deal for the country at the right time. And the reality is this pandemic is still raging throughout this country. Uh, and and it, it's not just an American problem, by the way. It is a global pandemic. Uh, uh, we remember the mobilization efforts and steps that we took during Ebola. And even though that had hit our shores, this is a different type of economic triage that needs to get put into place. And look, I'm all about listening, learning, and leading in that order, Stephen. This pandemic hit. I opened up my website to every single person in Michigan's 11th district saying, I want to hear from you. I need to hear what you're going through because we're crafting policy, we're taking votes, and I need to make sure that I'm responding to the needs of this district and individuals who are experiencing things that they have obviously never experienced. And we were coming up, we have come up with uh, great uh, policy uh, at the beginning of this. Now we're in the stickiness, right? We're in the stickiness. I sat in an all-day hearing on how to reopen America's schools. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, as a member of the House Science, Space, and Technology Committee, I'm a believer in listening to the science. I'm a believer in listening to proven economics. I'm a believer in putting people first, which is why I'm very proud to be uh, a part of this House majority and to have gotten done what we got done with the HEROES Act. Now we're in the negotiation. Now we're level-setting. Reality is, is that people are still going to have unemployment. Hmm. They've got to be able to access their unemployment. Certain people, we see our, some of our, what, the, what our hospitals are going through, Stephen, and I'm sure you're going to have some of them tune in today, where they're getting furloughed. You know, NICU nurses are furloughed right now. So how do they get access to the unemployment benefit that they deserve? And that's the other part of this discussion that we have. Very pleased to see another $1,200 stimulus uh, for hardworking Americans 
I think that that's going to be met with, uh, you know, bipartisan support. That's the right thing to do. We're also voting on Monday on my child care bill. Child care is essential act. This is to buoy our, our, uh, our daycare centers who were very hard hit during this pandemic who didn't, didn't qualify for the original assistance. And you know, hardworking Americans, parents, this is one of their top costs. And we have got to make sure child care is affordable and accessible to people as they get back to work safely, get back to work safely. And this is part of the system that we are designing right now from the federal government, working with state and local government and on. And listen, Stephen, I'm ready to get it done. we got to not leave people in the balance. These unemployment benefits expired. There's a lot of uncertainty. we got to get something done. That's what I'm here in Washington working on. So, so let me play devil's advocate for just a second. Republicans, one of the things that they point out is that if you add up the benefits they get from the state and the $600 checks, that some people will make the equivalent of more than $20 per hour on unemployment, which is a lot more than many of those people might make if they were at work. And so ultimately, you're incentivizing people not to work. You're creating an incentive, at least, for people to, to collect unemployment instead. And, and one of the questions, I think, is, well, how long do you do that? How long is that a sustainable approach to a pandemic, which we all, of course, hope and believe will not be a permanent state of the country or the world? But, but this question about when to scale them back, I think, is also important. Why, why do you believe now is not the time and if it's not, when do you believe the time might be? So I'm in the party of jobs, and I believe we've got to tie people to their work. We've got to keep people employed. This is why I have supported jobs and business continuity policies that I would like to see come up for a vote, would like to see come up to the floor. I don't believe that we should be pushing people into long-term uh, unemployment. I'll say that as somebody who worked in the United States Department of the Treasury uh, during a time of economic crisis, uh, facing pretty tough issues around the existence of our auto industry as GM and Chrysler were facing true liquidation and millions of jobs were on the line when our housing sector was going haywire, when insurance and financial services and everything that undergirds the, the, the basic tapestry of the American economy, the choices were pretty black and white, right, Stephen? It was, are we going to invest and use the Treasury and the appropriated dollars to save these industries, to restructure these industries, and support American jobs? And by the way, we've got to do a whole heck of a lot more to support people who were left out. Uh, we look at the last... 12 years, you can even look at the last 20-year scope since 9-11, great story of innovation, of making, of proliferating a gig economy, so much of what we're tied to here in Michigan. But we've also got to look at equal opportunity and on-ramps to opportunity for every American. And has that wage growth been happening? Has that uh, uh, wealth creation been happening at scale to really preserve a middle class? And the answer, as we put it in the place, right-to-work laws that have stripped away our, our unions and 
the right to organize labor, big problem there because those are individuals and groups rather that are that are putting into place policies that protect the value of work, that honor the value of work and make sure that people are paid a fair wage. And so when we look at, and I'm going to answer your question, Stephen, because I think it's a good one, it's not a black and white answer. You're going to have people who are, uh, you know, in this climate that, you know, my mantra is, is I'm not going to let you fail and I don't want to let you fail. Mm. This is very nuanced and it's incredibly complicated. And, and we're not, you know, we're not in a place right now where we can say, hey, we're, everyone is going to be happy out of this deal. You know, in 2008, the politics were tough. The politics were tough. But when you look around and you saw that we stood up under Barack Obama and, and continued on from what, frankly, they did in the Bush administration and said, hey, we're still going to have General Motors and we're still going to have Chrysler and we're going to still have those 200,000 manufacturing jobs in Michigan. It's a pretty uh, easy answer, right? It was pretty black and white. And right now we're trying to say, well, what what's fair and what's equal and this and that and people aren't going to want to come back to work and kicking the can down the road and, I, you know, certainly hearing from individuals who have that side of the story here. But at the same token, I'm the congresswoman fielding the calls from people in the most prosperous educated district in Michigan Mm. left on their feet because they don't have a paycheck coming in. They they don't have the daycare option right now. You tell me what they're going to do. Okay, I think we've lost Congresswoman Stevens there, at least momentarily. There was something going on with the line. We will get her back on the line to continue that conversation. Meanwhile, give us a call and let us know what you think about Congress considering slashing enhanced unemployment benefits now from $600 a week to $200 a week. That is what Senate Republicans say they are more comfortable with. It's what they would like to do with the next stimulus package. Uh, What do you think of that argument, that too many people are making more money by not working than if they were working? We'd especially love to hear from you if you're someone who's collecting unemployment benefits right now. What has that meant for you in terms of keeping your family afloat through the COVID uh, pandemic. As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. Um, Let's go to Ike in West Bloomfield. Ike, welcome to the show. Hi. You use the magic word, afloat. I'd like to accentuate that. What I see, and it may be Pollyannish, but rather than going across the board to give every family the same amount, when the families uh, uh, end up, in some cases, making more money than if they were working, why don't we stick to basics? Rent food, and I'm uh, I'm open to any other real necessity, mm. what each family would need to stay afloat. And that would be what the government uh, subsidy would be. It would be, in my opinion, an incentive that, hey, that's all I'm getting. If I want more, I got to go to work. 
Mm. I don't know if it makes sense, and I'm not an economist, but I think that that, uh, that's the problem our government has, and I, as they say, I feel their pain. They try to come up with a bill to cover everybody, but everybody is not in the same uh, financial situation. It's inexcusable that you can make more money not working than working. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, you know, I, that's a really interesting question, the idea of some sort of means testing, I guess, for unemployment to try to determine what people need versus what would be more. Uh, when we get the congresswoman back on the line, we'll ask her about that approach and whether whether Democrats might find that as uh, you know, an acceptable compromise, perhaps, with, with Republicans who were saying just slash everyone's benefits down to $200. Uh, I, I really do appreciate the call and the question. And when we get the congresswoman back, we will put that to her. Let's go to Michael in Gross Point Woods. Michael, welcome to the Hi. show. Hey. Oh, thank you. How you doing? Yeah, good. Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm a, I work for a, uh, a concert venue as a bartender, and I also do freelance stagehand work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was one of the first people out of work through all this because all the shows were uh, canceled and uh, tours and stuff like that, as well as all the entertainment gigs set up. So the six hundred dollars a week extra on top of the uh, what I what I was getting was uh, pretty much bringing me almost equal to what I was making weekly. Cutting it to two hundred dollars is is going to put me in a hole, and I'm not going to be able keep up with my bills yeah so so michael l- let me ask you about work and whether obviously it's not back for you at this point yeah well i'll probably be the last person to get back right to work. right yeah. so what what long term is your what, what's your plan what is your idea that uh, you'll have to go get other kinds of work or do you feel like you could wait it out if unemployment benefits were extended well, I've been doing this work for like 13 years, hmm. so hmm. Uh, yeah, finding other work is going to have to happen if if, uh, if venues don't start holding concerts, if, if you know we don't get a vaccine. Uh, I don't, I don't really see this happening in the near future, right? Or at least for another year, you know, or until next year sometime. Yeah, yeah. Um, so looking for other work is 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 an option, but being a bartender, it's. I mean, everybody's cut their staffs cut their capacities at, at other bars or mm. uh, Michael I I appreciate the call and and you're sharing your story I I really hope that things get better for you obviously uh, and and I absolutely commiserate with the, the issue of if they cut these benefits people in your situation will be in some sort of economic distress. And that is something that uh, I think we're trying to avoid with all of this talk about extending the benefits. But uh, obviously, there is a real divide in Congress over how to do that and whether to do it at the extent that uh, that we have been talking about. Okay, uh, Congresswoman Stevens' line is acting on the fritz today. So uh, I want to thank her for being with us. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue to talk about the economy and unemployment. Uh, Betsy Stevenson, who is a former member of the President's Council on Economic Advisors, is going to join us to talk about what would happen if we lose this support for unemployment benefits. 
Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. 313-577-1019 is the number. Matt and Pontiac, Gene in Detroit. We'll get to you next as well. Stay with us on Detroit Today.